This is Talking Business. My next guest is Mark Fitzgibbon, who's the Managing Director of NIB Group, the uh, health insurance company. G'day, Mark. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, my pleasure, Alan. Now, you caused a bit of a stir in July, more than a bit of a stir, when you said Australia should abolish Medicare and force people to take out private health insurance instead. Well, um, So, you don't really think that, do you? No. No. I caused a bit of a stir, but I suppose sometimes... The public discourse, you know, starts with a bit of a stir. Just three quick points to get to get started. Firstly, nobody more than I do believes in having a universal system of healthcare. Nobody gets left behind. Everybody should be uh, entitled to um, healthcare uh, when and where they need it. Um, the second point, though, is Medicare. We already have compulsory health insurance. It's called Medicare. Medicare is a health insurance system but one funded and uh, directly delivered uh, by government, and we just we don't have any choice, which takes them to... Well, underfu- uh, in fact, underfunded, though, isn't it? That's the problem. Well, underfunded, uh, and with all sorts of uh, you know issues, um, Alan, around sustainability, like when Gough Whitlam launched Medibank, as it was then named back in 73, there was over 10 uh, working taxpaying Australians for every one retired, read, not-so-healthy Australian. Today, there's a bit over five, and by 2050... There's um, a bit over three. So the sustainability of Medicare is uh, in serious question and somehow we need to uh, design a Medicare system which is um, more sustainable fiscally. But it's in fact, isn't it the private health insurance industry that's got more of a sustainability problem? I think your comments in July were, were uh, came after a Grattan industry Institute report which uh, talked about the potential for a death spiral by the by the private health insurance industry, your industry? Well, uh, only if there's uh, some poor policy uh, decision-making could private health insurance be threatened. But can I just quickly make a third point? You know, what I was going back, what I was saying back earlier this year that you um, referred to is that, yes, we do need universal health care. You know, Medicare is a compulsory health insurance system. I said, well, let's keep compulsory health insurance, be it public or private, but that consumers um, should have choice. They should be able to choose between the publicly uh, uh, delivered system, we call Medicare, or a private choice and take full... And for those with my means, for example, be able to take full responsibility to their, for their entire health care, holistically, not this little bit of public and a, a little bit of private, which takes me back to your question um, about sustainability. Um, a bit like the dilemma we faced with the age pension um, a few years back, and the the ratcheting up of superannuation, we face the same dilemma uh, with our healthcare spending. About ten percent of the entire economy now is devoted to funding uh, healthcare. For the past fifty years, like in most of the OECD, it's grown GDP plus two percent. Um, inevitably, we have to put greater responsibility on people who at least have the means to take more responsibility for their lifetime health care, just as we did with the age pension and super. So I think as a society, as um, an economy, we have no choice but to put more and more reliance on the, the private system, both the funding and delivery. And I think that guarantees uh, a prosperous future uh, for private health insurers, which is not to say we don't do more to improve the value proposition for consumers, particularly younger people. <clears throat> so, Mark, I'm not sure I understand what you're really talking about here um, when when you talk about the need to maintain or continue uh, the um, the Medicare system, the universal health care, but also give people of your means the ability to... Uh, what to opt out of that in some way? What what are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, so me- Medicare becomes the the safety net 
for those who haven't the means or the income uh, to purchase uh, private health insurance. And uh, those, well, essentially it's means tested. And those with the means um, are encouraged, supported with, with policy to take responsibility for their lifetime health care by purchasing private health insurance. Is it possible that if, if something like that is not introduced, then the private health insurance business and the private health care system is in strife? No, I don't think so, because we're so intrinsic to the entire healthcare system. Like uh, this talk about private health insurance being supplementary, well, that's that, that's old thinking. The reality of it is private health insurance funds most of the private hospital activity in Australia, and the private hospital activity accounts for 60% of all of our surgery and 40% of all a- admissions. So um, it'd be Armageddon uh, for that private system uh, to disappear. And, of course, private health insurance is a, a key component of that. It, it's, it's a funding mechanism for that system. So, you know, there's, there's no possibility of private health insurance uh, uh, disappearing. Uh, Medicare, publicly financed health care, would never be able to make up um, uh, the gap. And, in fact, it's going the opposite direct and, re- direction. Publicly financed health care is uh, under pressure. Like, you know, we get beat up for increasing premiums by 3% per annum. The Commonwealth's out- own outlays on health care are growing at around 7% per annum, and they have been for some time. <laughs> yeah. And the uh, the Medicare levy doesn't increase, or at least not as a, a dollars. It stays a percent. It's the same percentage. Right? Well, the Medicare levy is only a small part of funding um, that's uh, right. That's care. the point, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing is that the, the taxpayers also provide the health insurance rebate uh, at a cost of about $6 billion a year, um, which, you know, in a sense, props up the private system. Um, and I think the Grattan Institute's report uh, more or less argued um, uh, that that should be abolished. What do you think of that? Well, that's just an ideological view uh, from, from Grattan, which surprises me uh, because I regard Grattan as a, an institution of great... Um, um, credibility and reliability. Um, look, the $6 billion spent on the private health insurance rebate has been now frozen uh, essentially for a few years in real terms uh, at, at least. So where it used to be a 30% rebate, on average it's about 25% now. But the theory is, supported by the evidence, that for every dollar a taxpayer spent on that rebate, they save, they save 2 to $3 in terms of avoided cost in the, in the public system. It's just, it's just good policy sense. It's no different to supporting um, uh, people with their superannuation with the tax advantages which um, surround superannuation. So how, how much would um, uh, health insurance premiums go up by if that rebate was abolished? Uh, well, on average, 25%. But depending upon your income, because a lot of people like me, for example, our, my income is too high uh, to, to qualify uh, for a rebate. So it'd certainly have an inflationary impact on um, on our consumers, our, our members. And, you know, I should emphasise too, the rebate is for the consumer. It's, uh, you know, it's there to support them and uh, not to support us. It allows us to keep, um, you know, they claim the rebate and enables um, the effective premium rate um, uh, to be lower than it otherwise would be. But I guess your point from what you were saying before is that if the, if the rebate was abolished, um, that would cost the taxpayers more. Than six billion dollars. Well, it, it, it would cost our members six billion dollars more in premiums. Yes, but I'm talking about the 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 way that you're oh yeah about yeah the, no, no. the way that av- that avoids costing the system that, 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 the public that, system. That's right. Well, that's 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 the that's the policy logic, and uh, one obviously uh, we, we believe. 
But there's another dimension of this, Alan, um, if I might just just share 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 a thought. The, the, Please do. Yeah. Well, most of our healthcare systems, be they public or privately operated or funded, are really sick care systems. They respond once you're sick. You know, you've had an injury or you have a disease. Uh, the future is going to shift that quite dramatically, uh, courtesy of um, data science, you know, artificial intelligence, all the things we're familiar with, you know, the Internet of Things, all the technology we're familiar with today. And the way it's going to shift is we're going to become much better at predicting an individual's underlying healthcare profile, you know, through understanding their biology, their psychology, their genetics, their social circumstances. And with that ability to predict uh, risk, we can we, we can intervene and hopefully uh, obliterate the risk or better mitigate the risk or more precisely treat uh, the risk in the event that the disease um, uh, appears. So certainly the private system, I think, is going to lead that um, pivot away from the sick care industry to a genuine uh, health care industry. One of the great challenges we have as a, as a private system is the world's been very good at monetizing sick care. Think doctors, think hospitals, think ambulance. Somehow we need to work out, look, how can we, if we are going to attract the investment, the capital necessary to invest in proper health care, the data science, the ability to interpret, the ability to, you know, for praxis to put that um, insight uh, to work in terms of prevention, mitigation, or more precise treatment. Um, if we're going to get that, that investment, we have to work out how to monetize that. So I think into the future, if you become a member of NIB, or Medibank Private, or Bupa, who, whoever, it's like a subscription service. Sure, you get the financial protection of a health insurance policy in the event that um, you know I'm injured or become sick, but the real value proposition is that, look, through being a, a member of NIB, I have this deep insight into my individual, my personal uh, risk profile, and NIB supports me with products and services uh, to help me, as I say, prevent, uh, mitigate, or more precisely, you know, treat that condition. But are you also talking about uh, risk-based premiums, and um, in particular, even based on DNA? I mean, that'd be very controversial. Well, in the Australian system, like several others globally, we have a community-rated system, so we actually can't take your risk profile to calculate a premium. Um, we can in New Zealand, where we operate, we're the second largest insurer in New Zealand, but we can't in Australia because of this principle of community rating. So consumers uh, shouldn't be concerned about that uh, risk rating um, uh, uh, scenario. Uh, hopefully what the, I'll become more and more excited about is the ability of, of companies like NIB to help them and their doctors understand uh, their risk profile and, as I say, better manage that risk. I don't think anyone would mind if the risk, uh, risk profile <laughs> reduced their premiums. The problem would be if it went up. Yeah, perhaps, but I think they're more interested in, hopefully, that understanding their risk profile and understanding what they can do about that gives them a longer, healthier uh, life. That's ultimately the goal. And reduces and improves your profitability, I guess, if everyone's got a healthier life. Well, I'm sure you agree. Um, you know, I'd like to think that those companies... I'm not saying that's bad. It's good. <laughs> well, know. you sometimes feel like that, though, don't you? That somehow profits become a dirty word. But, um, you know, we certainly <laughs> take the view that uh, the better we do in, 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 in achieving uh, our mission as a, as a company, and that is your better health, uh, that the financial rewards will follow been great talking to you, Mark, as always. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Alan. 
I've been talking to Mark Fitzgibbon, who's the Managing Director of NIB Group.